Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hello, everyone. Dave, um, we're back. This is just your normal, average, everyday episode, right? Nothing, uh... Yeah, well, (laughs) I'm... Yes, in the sense that you're not going to bury the lead, but no, in the sense of, you know, this is a a special returning guest. Yeah. So um, this this week's guest, um, he probably doesn't need an introduction, but I, I'm going to try to give him one anyway. Uh, you you may know him from his iconic contributions to the comic book world via his work at Marvel, DC, or of course Image Comics, but today. We are celebrating his work in the toy industry as it spans over three decades. Joining us today to talk about the McFarlane Toys 30th anniversary celebration is the Todd father himself, Todd McFarlane. Welcome to Adventures in Collecting. Welcome back. Sure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys uh, making the time. Oh, and the the, the pleasure is yeah. is all ours, Todd. Uh, it's been a, it's been a long time since we've chatted. You know, going all the way back to. What was that Toy Fair twenty twenty? Yeah, what right when the DC multiverse yeah. line launched. So it's great to have you have you back on. Yeah, I think that was right before the pandemic, right? Yeah, it was right before the pandemic hit. Full yep. Yeah, because about a month later they were using it. They were using it uh, for for some of the people that were getting for, sick. I remember going, "What? We were just there." But, yep. uh, yeah, it was a triage station. Yeah, the the lost years. So, anyways. Well, before we before we hop into the latest news and everything around McFarland Toys, as this yeah. is a podcast about collecting, the first thing that we ask all of our guests, uh, what are you currently collecting and what are some of your recent pickups? Um, I collect uh, a lot of uh, Kellogg's 3D uh, baseball cards. There's a whole there's a whole bunch of sets. Uh, I'm just getting some of the easy ones now because I already put together the the hard sets. As a matter of fact, I I own five of the top sets, all in mint condition. You know, PSA tens. So uh, I've got the top at the registry on those ones. So when when I collect, I become a little bit of a psycho. Uh, um, 
but I'm trying to think what else. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I buy board games on a regular basis. I don't know if that's collecting. It's just that when you get enough of them, it fills the shelf a lot because those are big boxes. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, there's that, but I'm trying to think if there's anything that I, I sort of scope out on a regular basis. Not, not, not really. I'm, 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 I'm unfortunately at times too busy with my own stuff to, you know, sort of remind myself I still am an eight-year-old boy at heart. Hey, trading can't go wrong with trading cards and board games, though. I mean, there's yeah, no... Yeah, it all counts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, geek, geek, geek is a pretty big word. Fandom, collector, is pretty big, it's a pretty big word. So, so um, this year, you are, of course, celebrating 30 years of McFarlane toys. Yeah. Um, so let's turn back the clock. What made you initially start making your own toys three decades ago? I've said before, really the simplest uh, answer to that is I just didn't think they were super cool, right? Uh, you know, is a is a you know at that point uh, I was you know pretty advanced in my run on Spider Man at Marvel, and <clears throat> you know I, I I'm a collector, I've collected a lot of things, but uh, the toys on the toy side, it was always sort of a bit of a bummer that I. I wanted to, but then I'd look at them and I go, can't buy that, right? Whether it was the sports stuff from like the Kenner starting lineup or whether it was even some of the superhero stuff because it didn't feel, it, it didn't feel like it was a representation of what it was that I was collecting or reading or watching on TV or something like that or, or going to the movies. It just felt like it was a generic product and, and like, I, I got a little frustrated. So uh, when they came and wanted to, you know, we, at this point, you know, Image Comics is now fully underway, which, you know, is a group of us that start our own comic company, which besides Marvel and DC, we're, we've been number three for 30 years. Uh, so I had a character I created called Spawn. It was, you know, the biggest selling, you know, book at that point, not independent, but biggest selling book period in the comics industry and so people came knocking on my door looking for the potential to exploit it and license product and one of them was toys and i just i, I had a sat down a sit down with almost every one of them but i didn't get a sense that they were in the same space that i was and i felt as i've said before i i felt that it was time to try and make an untraditional toy and sell it in untraditional places. Uh, but I, I, I found that the big sort of Fortune 500 companies aren't, aren't built for that, right? They do their, they've got their lane and they make a billion dollars at it, and good for them. Um, but I didn't think that Spawn fit in that lane. So I had to go find my own, and, and the only way to find it was just do it myself, right? I mean, if you want a problem solved at some point, you just take it upon yourself and, and solve it your, on your own. And you found yourself in a pretty unique position there, you know, with the IP being kind of your own, like, you know, you owned it and it was scorching hot. I mean, like, it, it really is kind of, you were you were in the best position to, you know, kind of make the product you wanted to make because you had people knocking on your door, right? Yeah. Anytime you, anytime you're the one that controls the intellectual property, what, what people refer to as IP, um, 
anytime you're in control, that makes it way easier because you don't have to go get approvals. You don't have to go through all this apparatus. I mean, again, you know, here, here we are 30 years later. I've got lots of license. There's layers that I have to go through to get approvals, and rightly so, because they, they own it, right? Or if you're doing a likeness of an actor or whatever else, they get the sign-off on their face. Uh, okay, that, that all that's fair. But the process goes way quicker if I'm just saying, hey, I want to make a toy of this thing. Oh, by the way, I own it, so I'm not going to do anything that I don't like. So it's like I don't, I don't have to get it approved. We're just making what it is that I like. So my, my art notes along the way uh, while we're sculpting – are basically all you know combined with a pre-approved approval on them, uh, and we were able to sort of turn the toys out pretty quickly, uh, and and have and and I was pretty flexible with my own IP. Gone, hey, I don't know. We can't just do Spawn, the classic Spawn. We did them here and there, but we've got to expand it. So we end up doing like Cyber Spawn and Viking Spawn and Dark Ages and Ninja Spawn. Like we just. We just had all these other iterations of him that we put out there that I thought would just make cool looking toys, even if you didn't know what Spawn was. Just it, 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 To me, every toy, every action figure has to, at some point, for the most part, if you want to be somewhat successful, pass an eye test, right? It just has to be cool looking. Uh, and if you don't have Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, one of the big brands, right? G.I. Joe Transformer or something like that, then, then the toy i think has to just look good in the package sitting on uh, a peg when you're walking by it on a shelf so so yeah, now absolutely. You, you know you you've been at this now as we mentioned for 30 years uh yeah. what are some of the biggest things that have changed about the toy making process and, and the industry since you know since you started mcfarland toys um probably i would say probably off the top of my head two biggest changes are uh, when we first broke in, when I, when, when I started my company, we literally were sculpting with clay. I mean, it was good old fashioned, get clay and, and just keep working at it till you got the shape you want and you got the figure you want, right? Um, uh, and, and there is an advantage to that. Let me, let me say there is an advantage to that. I still think that you can get better detail doing it that way in the long run than you can the other way right and then and 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 so but now the vast majority of companies myself included uh we sculpt digitally and uh and you again you try to replicate everything you can from time to time we'll output something uh from our 3d models put a little bit of clay on it and then dig in it a little bit deeper just to get something that i at times feel like we can't get uh, with the software. Uh, so that that's sort of the biggest change of literally going from clay to digital, to computers, clay to computers. Um, and, then, and then probably the other thing that's noticeable is that when, you know, I, I came into the industry, I didn't think there was a lot of sort of geeky cool fandom collectible stuff i mean they're they're i mean they're toys but they weren't they weren't really aimed at collectors uh the, the, you know it was just here if you want to buy the latest gi joe or transformer or star wars go ahead but for the most part the 
uh, you know, the sort of the public companies, the Fortune 500 companies, they're they're built and and their audience is, you know, sort of moms and their six-year-old kids, right? And that's sort of how they build their toys. And it's a great model. They make they make lots of money. And But I, I wanted to come in there and do something with a little more detail, a little more paint, maybe a little more costly so that you could do some stuff that was, again, not traditional. And once that was proven to be successful, you could, you could succeed at it. Then there's been, you know, many companies that have come along that have taken the page from that playbook. And uh, even some of the big uh, public companies have upped their game. So that now you go to Toy Fair, right? In 1994, when I was at my first Toy Fair, maybe there was four or five toys that I was jealous of that I go, man, I'd, I'd like to have that. Now you go to Toy Fair, you go to New York Comic Con, you know, San Diego Comic Con. There are hundreds of toys, if not thousands, that I look at going, man, if I only had room for that, I'd take that, I'd take that, I'd take that, I'd take that, right? I mean, I see more in one glass case of one of my competitors that I used to see in the entire hall at uh, the, uh, when, when Toy Fair was going on when I first started. So that's the big change. I think there's just a lot better quality, cooler stuff out there by far, by far. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned those those early years, and I, I mean, I can remember, <laughs> um, you know, my my brother and I. There's a seven year difference uh, in, mm-hmm. in in ages between us, but I can remember like originally not being allowed to go down certain aisles because <laughs> because yeah. uh, you know my mom was like, you can't have those; it's disgusting. You know, <laughs> all the yeah. all the detail and the realism and everything. And uh-huh. now that's like, you know, that's in everything. But like some of those original movie maniacs and tortured souls, and and even some of the spawn figures, like. Yeah. You know, I, the just the the detail in them is crazy. It still is, yeah. even you know, thirty years later. You know, like I'm I'm sitting here, you know, looking at you know my my modern Spawn figure sitting next to Clown Four. You know, yeah. like it, that figure is still it rocks. You know, two decades okay, later. Eric, Eric, let's go back to your earlier comment. Here's here's the thing. At some point, at some point, people like I think misunderstand that when you do a product that you're not trying to get all 8 billion people on the planet, right? That's like, you're not even, that's not even the goal. The goal is to get enough so that you can do it tomorrow, just enough. And if you can get more than enough, whew, you actually make a profit. But if you can get enough, you can break even and you can keep doing it again. So to your comment earlier, look, at if I try and do something, I go, oh man, I'm going to do like this wicked monster. And your mom likes it. I've made a shitty monster. Right, your mom should be repulsed, and here's why: because she wasn't my target. Right, this is the thing. Sometimes that over the years, when I've gotten criticism by certain people, that it's like, 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 look at it. I, I understand it, mom, rabbi, bank, bank teller, whatever. I understand it, you, but the, here's the, the thing: it's, it's not. That I did it wrong. I wasn't even fucking trying for you. Don't you get it? When you try and hit a bullseye, like on a dartboard or whatever else, you're going for a target in the middle and you don't care about anything else on that dartboard, right? So the target was, can I get people that are 15 and older, maybe even 12 and older, just that are just like want some cool shit and that's it. And, And that might not be... The quilting bee mom's 
that were, you know, going to church three times a day. I get it. I get it. If I was trying to get them, I would have made a Tom Jones figure or something <laughs> that would have appealed to them. I wasn't. I was trying to get the people who liked Aliens and Predator and those kinds of movies, went to action movies and like just sort of cool stuff, right? Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Good, good old-fashioned fun. So yeah, I could, I could go to Suncoast or Sam Goody and get like a VHS or a CD or a cassette tape and like my Kiss figure or you know like my Freddy Jason. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And again, again, right. Freddy Krueger isn't for everybody, right? I get it. It's not for everybody, but I think at that point that there was enough people that would enjoy it, and and we proved that to be true to the point that when I when the contracts lapsed on a lot of the stuff that I had. Aliens, Predators, you know, a bunch of the movie maniacs. Other companies picked it up and kept running with it to, to today. You could probably go pick up an Aliens toy today, right? So mm-hmm. it's almost been going non, nonstop. All right. That's, that's, uh, th- this is the thing. I like, what, no, I, I should be making toys, especially like if I'm making like gruesome toys that horrify your mom and scare your sister. That's, that's a toy. That's a cool toy. Right. This mm-hmm. is why moms don't like horror movies either. Doesn't mean the horror movies are bad. Just mean that mom wasn't the target audience for those either. It's OK. It's OK. Mom, mom's got her things and you get your things and, and never the twain show me. What are you talking about? You want to be 25 years old saying, hey, you know what? Let's all hang out and talk about our toys. Oh, first off, Jose, let me just see if my mom's going to make it. All right. Come on. Now. <laughs> right. This is just not how it works. Right. You leave the nest when you're 17 and 18. And you fly away, most of us, and we go live on our own. <laughs> and it's like, I still love you, mom and dad, but I'm not going to stay with you forever because I've got my own music and I've got my own fashion and I've got my own taste of what I want to eat. And I've got my own thing and movies and everything is like we all have a, we all have a different palette for what we enjoy and just because somebody else in the family doesn't does not in and of itself make it wrong. So I, I've never I've never been offended one way or another whether somebody doesn't like what uh, I do with any of the toys. What we're, the only time the hair stands up is when somebody tries to make the argument that it shouldn't exist because now you cross into a line of censorship, which is I don't like it, therefore it should not exist. And I keep saying to people that I think that like pretty much all art is like like shopping at the grocery store, going down the vegetable aisle, right? I get it. You don't like all those vegetables. Then just put in your cart the ones you like and fucking walk by the rest, right? But we, we do it with food. I don't understand why we can't do it with yeah. art, right? But we just go, oh, man, I don't know why that guy uses those lyrics and I think that's bad and whatever else. And I'm going to, I got an opinion about it. Just don't consume it. Don't take it home. Don't consume it. Right. I never heard of anybody sort of say they don't like broccoli and they walk by it, but not only do they not put it in the cart, but then they go, get me the manager. How dare you have broccoli in your store? My children saw that broccoli and I hear it's terrible. And I've heard my friends say it's terrible. Just what we do is we just don't buy it at the grocery store. So do the same at every other store. Just don't put it in your cart. Done. And if you're, and if you're, if that uncle comes and brings it against your will, I don't want my kid playing Call of Duty, and he gives it to him at nine, 
that's a you problem, right? You talk to the <laughs> uncle then, right? I, my job, yeah. I, I can't parent your kids. So if you don't want it, don't buy it. And if, and if you do take it home, then then I assume that you think your kids are, are capable of consuming it. Cool. Done. Oh, by the way, it's most of us just fine for ourselves. Done. Out. So, you know, getting to DC Universe or DC Multiverse, yeah. um, we've seen the line grow over time to include characters outside the mainstream, including ones that I, I've been very happy to see, like Red Tornado and Animal Man and cult classic movies like Batman and Robin. Um, what leads to the decision of which characters to include in which wave or any wave? Uh, you know, it's interesting. That question gets asked a lot. It's not as scientific as you might think, right? I, I, don't, I don't know that we have any better geek radar than anybody else, right? And so if I was to turn to you two and say, hey, you know what? We got to put out a line of whatever brand I give you, whatever license I give you. Give me, give me your lineup. I need six figures, right? My guess is that you'll probably have four or five of the same ones I'd pick. And, the, and, and for sure, the top four were probably going to be 100%. And the only time you sort of deviate a little bit is when you get into what I call the B character. So we're all going to pick the A characters for sure. And then it's just about debating whether, like, well, who, who, who should we put in the B bucket? Uh, so sometimes we do it because there's a theme. Sometimes we do it because there's an event coming out or a movie or a video game or something like that. Sometimes we we sort of just look at our data and see what people want. But really, at its core, it's just like what 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 would be kind of cool out in the marketplace. What would what would be fun to look at that might get people to go, "Oh my God, they made that!" Or somebody who doesn't know the character goes, "Wow, that's super that's super good looking, right?" Hey, mom, you know, eight year old kid. Hey, mom, I want this one. It looks cool. All right, that's a buy. Same, same it's both both of those are valid reasons. Yeah, and I mean, like yeah. the you know, like Dave mentioned, the 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 Batman and Robin figures, like that that Mister Freeze, you know, uh, collect to build wave. Oh like, yeah, it's just one of those things where like I, that honor. came out of nowhere. It was it's yeah. crazy, but it's uh, honest. I'm looking at them but right now, it. yeah, and it's you know that movie has has aged very well. It's like really kind of come into one its own, you know what it yeah. is, and it, it kind of you know the, both of those Schumacher films, honestly. So like it was really cool to see you know a wave of those figures and you know and hopefully Batman Forever to follow. So here, so here's the thing: even if the movie didn't age, even if people didn't like it, whatever else, to get a good version of characters from any brand, uh, it, it has a value, right? You just because again, the, I mean, and, and here's a, <laughs> let me just say. Here's a little bit of the frustration of making toys. It is a very inexact science, right? And just, it's a little bit like playing baseball or golf or something that just when you made that one shot that you just go, oh man, you can't replicate it again, right? It goes, duh. You know, in baseball, the equivalent is I hit a home run and major leaguers do it. And then they'll go 45 at bats and they can't do it again. They're capable of doing it because they just showed you they did it. And even they, who are professionals, can't figure out how to replicate that swing and do it again. Toys are a little bit the same. So sometimes we get toys that have a little bit of a home run on them. That Arnold Schwarzenegger face was a home run, 
right? And then you go, oh, wow. And just when you're all jacked, your next figure comes out with uh, uh, a celebrity face. And it doesn't look like you go, we're using the same process. We're doing the exact same way of doing it. Why did this one come out so cool and this other one didn't? Then the answer really is because you've got a a assembly line with human beings that are painting these things. So there's human error and the heads are only a half an inch. And so if you even take a deep breath and your your stroke goes off a little bit or you overspray some or whatever, that's that gets multiplied by like 50 fold. It would be the difference of your eyebrow being in the middle of your forehead, right? Because yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, so they, they, they suppressed the sneeze while they were doing it, right? Like boof, that move, you move something at like literally a 20th of an inch on a half an inch head. That's the equivalent of almost two inches on your, your, your real head. So it's, uh, sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't. So whatever that, that line was, it was doing the, the, the group of people that are doing the Arnold head, I, I, I should bottle them and make them do everything because it, it was like, oh, my gosh. So this is the torture of making toys. I've seen everything that I've ever wanted, a, a minimum of at least once. So I know it's all doable. I know it's all doable. Paint, wrinkles, sculpt, likenesses, realistic hair, weapons that have detail, Everything, wrinkles, mud, blue, all I've seen it all at least once. Someday I'm going to do the Holy Grail. Probably not. I'll die before. But and, and, and like I'll do the elusive perfect figure that I'll look at from head to toe and go, that's it, Dot. Time to retire. It's not getting any better than that. But uh, generally with us neurotic artists, that's not how it goes. What we do is we chase the elusive perfection and then we get – hit by a bus or just die. So, uh, and we never actually get it, but uh, it was, it was a career path <laughs> that none of us ever attained. Uh, but it's, it is, I, I could cobble 10 toys together and go there. There's, there's all the pieces. So, so sticking with DC, uh, superpowers has seen some, uh, some new designs join the classic designs from, from the original uh, Kenner line. Mm-hmm. What informs the decision to stick to a classic design, like say Superman, or add a new character like the Batman who laughs or go with a completely different design for one of those original characters, like, like say dark side. Um, I, you know, I, I keep saying out loud. Sometimes people say, you know, Hey, you're doing too many Batmans or do too much Superman's or whatever else. And I, I, I disagree with, I, I disagree with that statement. Uh, like, okay, so I'm going to put out a, a Batman in January and February. So are you telling me that nobody likes Batman in March? Like, it's like, what? So what if the person who liked Batman in March wasn't in the store in January and February? So now it's like, I, I miss him for three months. So I'm not saying you put out the exact same toy, but you ha- you have to have representation of at least a little bit in each line of what I call the A figure, right? I mean, we did it. We did it with sports, and the way we did it with sports was I, I, because I'm a sports geek. I just categorized every single athlete, and and they were either an A, B, or C. And then when we did our six figures, we would do two A's, two B's, and two C's. 
And and why? Because you don't want to do all your A's because again you're going to burn through them, and then you don't you're going to have nothing left but B's. Interestingly, when you do these this sort of trying to wait stuff out, and we do it with superheroes too, and you do your like your A's, your B's, and your C's. Historically, at least from the data at my company, is that the B's are the ones that are left behind the most. And the reason is because everybody likes the A's, right? You can't go wrong on the A's. Boom. That, like, I, I could sell Derek Jeter all day long, right? Kobe Bryant all day long. Uh, Superman, Batman all day long. Um, what gets left on and – then, and then the C's, you would think it would be the C's, right? But it's not the C's. And the reason is because we traditionally know that they're not that popular, so we make less of them. And then the stock boys and all the geeks and the internet – lets everybody know which ones are the hard-to-find ones. So the A's go, and then the hard-to-find ones go. And it's the B's in the middle that if there's anything left behind, those are usually the ones that are there, that you go, God, I would have thought that would have done better. But uh, I've, I've seen it happen over and over and over and over. But on the superpowers, you just you just do – you just, I mean, you can only go to the wow so many times because everybody's sort of seen the classic. So now – if you want to do a Batman, you can't do Bruce Wayne classic Batman. You have to now say, hey, maybe we've got to do the Red Hood or one of the other 25 iterations of Batman or Hush Batman or whatever, right? There's, there's, there's no shortage of Batman figures. So you can do technically a new toy, but it still fills the slot of your A slot, which is Batman. Um, and so you go, cool. Uh, you get to put out a figure that nobody's seen, especially in that factor form of a superpower. And and it's, you know, in the category of, of all the people who collect Batmans. All right, good. And then sometimes you just pick because they just look good in plastic. They just have a cool outfit and uniform or whatever else. They just look like they, they would be good on a shelf. Mr. Miracle. Not really the most popular character there is, but he 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 looks like a toy. He looks like a fun toy on the shelf. And now a word from our sponsors. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom-and-pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey... Chubsy Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at their brand new home at 101 Newark Pompton Turnpike Suite 1 in Little Falls, New Jersey or online at ChubsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com and tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now, back to the show. Sticking with superpowers, um, it's really been delivering for the people who love that original Kenner line. Um, are there plans to produce any things that were shown back in the original line that were never produced, like the Tower of Darkness? Yeah, we've talked. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about all that. Doing even, even there. I think there was even a, uh, you know, besides that, some prototypes of figures and stuff like that. Hard to find, even the hard to find stuff or whatever. Just replicate some of that out there. So yes, we've got a couple people that are pretty fluent in the in all things uh, 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 in that category. So uh, and th- they're bugging me all the time. Come on, Todd. When are we going to do this? When are we going to do this? So. Uh, the the, the 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 piece I had to get over was uh, for a guy who sort of made his sort of toy reputation by doing these like super big, highly detailed things. To I had to make them like intentionally simple, right? Like I'm going back yeah. retro, and I was like, and I I was like, man. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna go for this ride because people are like, "Man, McFarlane, all he does, super highly detailed, super highly detailed." I mean, you mentioned it earlier, there just a minute ago, uh, Eric, and until yeah. uh, so now I'm going, "Oh, but, but what about this?" Uh, and but luckily, we came at a time when retro was, you know, kind of chic, and the and the collectors were like, "Oh, that's okay. It's like it, it reminds me of my childhood. This is okay, Todd. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you get it right. If you're gonna be." sort of simple and blobby, make sure you get the blobby simpleness right. Uh, and so that's what we try to focus on it. And, and oddly, we've had a couple where we, the complaint is that we might've been a little too detailed on it. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't quite fit with some of the other ones. So sorry. So before we move away from DC, uh, there have been some releases like the superpowers, black Manta and the DC multiverse gold label. Um, yeah. Nightfall Asriel that were were extremely hard to come by. Yeah. Uh, are there plans to get those popular releases back out for for say like a wider circulation? Well, you know what that we we have this conversation uh, a lot, and there's a part of me that I mean one of the there's a couple of reasons. Let's just talk about why they're hard, and then and then follow up with your question. One of the reasons they're hard to get is because again they're not the most popular characters. So sometimes you weight them in a case as being maybe only one in a case or something like that. And then you then factor that it might've been the sixth or seventh, eighth series in the line and the sales overall are getting a little bit soft. So the retailers as a whole are just buying less. So now you're getting less across the board and then you only get one in the case of, of those. So the people that are paying attention that are still there Yes, boom, you you find that these ones that if you had flooded the market, no, arguably they would have been the what we call the the, the peg cloggers, all of a sudden become, become the ones that are hard hard to collect, hard to find, right? Right now, on the comic book side, all the issues that nobody was buying for a couple of years because like, eh, who cares about Spawn? Like all the ones that are going way up in value <laughs> because cause you, you can't find them. 
because they were in the 25 cent bin. You could have had them, but you walked away <laughs> from it. Um, so toys, toys uh, are, are the same. My thought overall is that if people come along and people support what I do and they buy some stuff and there's a secondary market, of which I don't get any of it, but there, I think, I think to, to do what we're doing, there should be kind of a healthy, robust secondary market happening, at least on some of the brands and some of the figures. And I'm not inclined to... You know, I'm not a public company. I don't have to sort of maximize every single penny I can get. I think it's okay to just say, sorry, the people who got it, you know, got a little bit of a lotto ticket and we'll just let them do with that as they see fit. And and I understand it's frustrating because it's like, man, it's 80 bucks. I don't want to pay 80 bucks. But the person who's got it that's 80 bucks is, is super happy, right? So I don't know. There's a balancing act there. We've done – a few where we've gone back to market, we make sure that we try to do something different uh, so that it's the person who got the hard to find one still can say, Hey, I still got the one that was hard to find. This one's got the blue goggles instead of the gray goggles or something like that. Uh, but for the most part, sometimes I, I just leave it alone and I just go, no, it, 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 it hopefully they'll, They'll catch wind and they'll make sure that they go and get to the store on the next wave and go grab the hard to find stuff on the, on the next wave themselves. So part of the 30th anniversary celebration sees you returning to figure form for the first time since your three inch 1998 um, Todd the Bum figure from the Spawn movie. Oh, you mean uh, a Todd us- figure? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So mean- uh, what's it like making a figure of yourself and what's so special about the spawn that specific spawn that you're packaged with? Um, well, well, look at, look at, look at, if you've got a healthy ego and, and I, and I do, right. So then there's nothing, there's nothing special about making a toy about yourself. Your only thing is like, why aren't we making more? Uh, so, so I don't know. Fair enough. I don't think two and 30 years is, excessive right the, the, <laughs> not at all not at all no very special actually right and the first one was uh based on because i made a little cameo in the spawn movie so it was based on me i'm just i'm a movie figure technically i'm a movie maniac i guess in a weird way uh so this one and it wasn't even my idea <laughs> somebody else goes hey Todd, let's do a figure of you i'm like what um but but as, as part of the 30th celebration, it's what you get there. It's a two pack and and there you get two figures. You get sort of me as an artist. And I and I think that like some of the accessories are things like uh, uh, a mic because I go up on stage and I'm holding the mic. So you put a mic in my hand. Uh, uh, there's also a sketchbook and the sketchbook interestingly has the drawing of the character the other figure that you get in the in the pack uh which is sort of fun a little bit uh, you, can, cool. you can take the shoes off because i walk around without shoes a lot uh in the office you can take the shoes off and go hey there's a todd at the office um but but it was that guy created this character spawn now that's the other figure now the the the, the sort of more fun to me you know, the todd figure whatever but he's also wearing a shirt with a logo, and I wear that same shirt with that same logo all the time, too. So, but the the spawn figure is based on something, and I just saw the packaging in, the other day, and 
and they put like from a drawing from 1997. Ah, so I had to make a phone call, and I don't know if we're going to be able to correct it. But it was like, no, 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 guys, that's 1977. You're only off 20 years, right? <laughs> oh my god! I drew 90, yeah. By 97, I'm up to issue 50 of my spawn bucket <laughs> image, and I've had a career. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, that drawing is from when I was a 16 year old kid. When I and if you look on the back of the packaging, you actually see a page that I did when I was 16. And you, my original color palette on it was uh, blue because it was in space. And then I changed it to red. And then he has like yellow eyes and he's even got like a trim around the eyes and stuff. So it's, it's still, there's still, you can look at it really easily and see 10 different things that never made it to the final cut of the first Bond comic book. Cause it was my 16 year old drawing, but somebody said, Hey, wouldn't it be cool to actually make a figure of your original design of spawn not the spawn number one they came out in 1992 but when you actually created them as a kid uh and i thought all right well i mean we've done plenty of variations of spawn. <laughs> we'll see how that one goes so that's what's coming out that's the fun part it's it, the figure is based on my original spawn drawing from when i was 16 years old and i invented them so cool. That's awesome. That's <laughs> and, super cool. And you know, sp- speaking of Spawn, you know, the 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 Spawn line of figures has been focusing on some of the newer characters f- from the books. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be, you know, what what are the chances you go back to revisit some of the classics like Chapel, Urizen, uh, Jason Wynn, and and maybe even a uh, a new mega fig of of Malbolgia? You know, it's yeah. it's been a while since those figures have been out, and with the new you know, technology, new, new articulation, you know, yep. we'd love to see some of those classic figures. Yeah. Um, Chapel, Chapel, I don't own, So I can't, I can't do him. So, so he's out. Jason, when I can do it, I'm always hesitant whenever, even if they're really prominent, I'm always hesitant about dudes and suits. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, as much as I like commissioner Gordon, I know he plays a part. It's still an old man in a, in a suit. Right. Like, and I don't know if I'm a kid, I'm still going, mom, they didn't have any Batmans, right? They didn't have any Robins, a Joker. I even take Batgirl. Uh, Penguins, right? Riddler, come on. Like the old man, the old man in the trench coat. That was the you brought me home, mom. Um, so I, I always get hesitant because as I said earlier, I try to make everything pass the eye test. Sometimes it's, those are better suited for when we do stuff direct to the consumer uh, that yeah. you know that you can make a limited run and you've got people who know what that character is about. Um, because if you put it out, and you've probably seen this yourself with your own eyes, you, you, you put those types of characters out on the shelf at mass, they back up, right? Like, like every time they come out with any kind of meaningful line of uh, – of Spider-Man, J. Jonah Jameson, the editor of the, the Daily Bugle, right? He's always backed up because every kid just wants Spider-Man. They don't want the old man who runs the newspaper. Uh, but, you know, somebody thinks like, oh, we should do all the characters. No, you don't have, you don't have to do them. So Jason Wynn, maybe, but it'd probably be a collectible. Um, Malbosia, you're right. I don't, I'm trying to think if we've only done the one. It's, it's been so long. It's it's, been so I long. mean, the, the first one was the one that really sort of made my one of the marks early in the game. 
where I made that big giant Melbolgia and I sold it at the same price. <laughs> yeah, you folded it. And that was it. That's when people started going, what is this guy crazy? He's going to give us this toy for $5.99? Like, oh, like, oh my gosh. So, uh, but, you know, which, to me, it was just advertising. I just happened to put it in plastic form. And people, people were like, oh my gosh, cool. But I don't think we've made... And I could be wrong, but I don't think we've actually done uh, like a remastered version of him because he's a badass. So we should, especially given that uh, the Spawn comic book issue 350 is just coming out next week. And the whole story is a climax of who takes over the throne. And the throne was abdicated way back in issue 100 when Mel Bolger was killed, right? So Mm -hmm. he sat on the throne and then he was killed by spawn so yeah we need a we need a cool looking melbolgia maybe even yeah we need we need to do a cool one here. okay i'm putting that on my list love it love to hear it yeah <laughs> um uh, so so yeah i uh, i think it's time for us to head into some uh some q a here some uh some fan q a so uh, before we have a guest on, we always, uh, post on social media that we're, that we have a guest on. So that way our, uh, our followers can submit questions to get answered here on the podcast. Dave, um, remind our listeners, uh, what should they be looking out for and, and how do they submit questions for the show? Yeah. So if you've got your Instagram, um, you can go to at AIC underscore podcast and you can, um, follow us and then we'll have a story pop up that'll say like hey this is this is this week's guest and this week we had um q a uh fan q a for for todd and um you can submit your question in that story make sure to to like to know when we're gonna have um new ones like and follow and then uh this will show up on your favorite podcast source so subscribe subscribe on youtube um subscribe on all your favorite podcast apps and such and you know anytime you see we have a new episode you'll get reminded there you go so um dave do you want to hit uh todd with our first uh fan q a sure can um of the many friends of the pod friend of the pod at super action stuff asks are there any particular toy lines or companies that you admire or get excited about um, yeah, I, I, like I said, when I first started, there wasn't a lot that I was jealous of. Um, but now, I mean, there, I, I would argue there's more that I could probably put right off the top of my head. I, 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 I think the quality, I mean, again, I, I try to sort of do as much quality at as low a price as possible. So, I mean, if you're paying 80, 90 bucks, it should be good right? Uh, for a figure. So there's people that are in that realm, but I, I, there, there are a lot, there are a lot of them out there that I just, I, and again, I'm sure they would say the same thing that they've got ones that they think turned out way better than other ones. Um, the, 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 the only frustration I used to have, but not now, you know, with the internet being where it was, cause when I started the internet wasn't sort of its thing yet, uh, that I used to walk out of, toy fairs and even the comic convention going, where do I even get, I don't even know where to buy these things. Right. Like if they're not in my comic shop and if they're not at the local uh, toy store, I don't even know where to get it. Right. So, but now you can hunt most of them down. 
and there, there's just an abundance of skill that's out there. Like once the internet opened up, two things happened. Uh, you were able to then find talent that could help sculpt and design these things on a global level, not just who lived in your city. Uh, and, and because it's digital, you now do it on a computer. You, you, you can sculpt and send the files digitally. So, so, you know, you can find a brilliant person in Scandinavia and they can work for you. So the, the game gets like, the game goes up artistically. I know that to be true. I think the amount of talent that is out there in comic books is at the highest level that it's ever been in my career because you're, you're pulling again from the world. Sculpting is no different. And, and because of that, depending on the line, depending on the brand, depending on the pose, depending on the way they paint it, depending, I'm constantly seeing stuff from many, 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 many competitors that keep me on my toes, right? They keep, I mean, when we, when, when we first started, we were sort of the lone wolf out there. So anything we did, even if it wasn't that good, uh, we, we, we were still getting, you know, accolades for it. Now, there's so much good product out there. You you better deliver. You better stand and deliver because there's a lot of options for people to spend their money on uh, and, and action figures, right? And so the only thing that limits somebody like me or any of those other companies uh, are that they might not have the biggest brands, right? So, but there, are, I'd say there's probably 15 companies that if you gave them the Avengers tomorrow, they'd knock it out of the ballpark. So, uh, at just J Hernandez asks, would you ever consider doing special fully articulated one twelve scale DC figures? Uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, it, it, the, the, the equation is always like, what's the price you've got to go at? Like the bigger you get it, the more things you do, the higher your price you sell. Even if you can sell it to the retailer, the price gets sort of up there. And once the price gets up there, you don't sell as much. So the quantity isn't there. So there's this balancing act, right? And so what ends up happening, and and rightfully so, because otherwise it would never exist. I mean, in the past, it would never exist. Now you can go kind of direct to the consumer. And you can say, hey, I mean, this is basically what Kickstarter is, right? Yeah. Hey, I can only make... Mm-hmm. 500 of these and i know that if you went and bought them on the open market it might be 50 bucks but it just nobody's making it so for me to only do 500 i gotta i gotta cover all my research and development all the costs so i've got to charge you 120 bucks and if you can find 500 people which a lot of times they can then you're good you're golden you you made your money back maybe hopefully made even a profit and you get these kind of cool toys uh, that are out there, which allow you then to make toys now. When when I first broke in, you sort of had to be in that five to ten dollar range, and now you can sell toys between five and two hundred dollars, right? Depending depending on what you're selling, and if people think there's a value at a hundred, hundred and twenty, hundred and forty dollars, they'll buy it, uh, and so. Yeah, it's just that whenever we do it, the price got to go up, and I always twitch whenever I get sort of past thirty dollars, right? Even even our twelve inch figures, I I like what thirty nine ninety nine forty nine. I get maybe because I I grew up kind of poor, 
uh, and I, I didn't have a lot of extra money. So I was like, oh, man, I wouldn't have been able to buy that. would have been super cool, but I wouldn't have been able to afford it. So I'm always trying to go, how do we do – how do we do an $80 toy for 25 bucks? <laughs> and, and can we, can we get it anywhere close to that? Um, at creepy NJ, uh, best friend of the pod again, um, asks, and this is one kind of near and dear to Eric and I's heart. Cause I remember exactly when we saw this and where, um, is there any interest in revisiting the 1997 spawn film in modern figure form? Um, Possibly, possibly. Um, my guess is that if something like that happened, it would be in conjunction with the the new movie, either coming down the pipeline and or already out. So people are then just like Batman. All of a sudden, you're looking yeah. to get you know say, hey, we got our Michael Keaton Batman, and we got our you know Pattinson Batman. But what about all those guys in between stuff like that? So you know, my my guess is that if the movie sort of comes and does, you know, business, then there will be a, a newfound uh, sort of demand for kind of all things retro spawn. And, and then that's the time to come out and, and play that hand. Awesome. Um, all right. So our last question for Q&A uh, comes from at Toy Farce, uh, another friend of the pod. Uh, he asks, I love the mini play sets back in the day, the monsters, spawn, etc. Yeah. Have there been any considerations for DC mini play sets? Um, yeah, actually I was just, yes. Uh, coincidentally yesterday we were having that conversation. Um, because, uh, once you do play sets used to be a thing, right? They were, they were still a thing when, uh, our, our company started. And, and then they found out that the big boxed items didn't quite sell as much. So they just said, hey, we'd rather put more seven inch figures out there and or, you know, maybe 10 inch figures at 30 bucks than uh, a vehicle and or a playset. So those things sort of went to this to the wayside. And now if you want to do anything that's meaningful to a seven inch figure, the box gets really big and the cost gets really big. And the retailers get nervous unless it's like Christmas time. So how do you solve the problem? The answer is you just scale everything down. And then can you do it? Can you do figures that are, you know, smaller so that you can then do the play sets smaller? And then, you don't also from the, from the customer's point of view, you don't need a big giant shelf and half a room to be able to set it all up. You could actually get it on half a book, bookshelf and then maybe even go buy another one the next series that comes out and does it. So yes, I, 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 I think there's a way to do it and it, but it might be playing with scale. And I, and I, for me done right. I, I, I don't mind quote unquote miniature, right? Yeah. Like when stuff small mm -hmm. it's done right. I think it looks cool. All right. So I was going to say the 66, the Batman 66 are a good example of well, that. Yeah. 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 But I think he, uh, you know, he was talking about those, the like the micro playsets, like the like. Okay. Mighty I, 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 I would yeah. say somewhere in between the two. Okay. Right. Because you go, if you go too small, then like the micro machines and it's like, mm, no, you know, it's it, like something, something that would be, that would, you know, maybe fit the page punchers or something like that. Right. Okay. You know? okay. So, yeah. All right. So with that, that takes us through the end of our Q&A. 
And uh, and Todd, before before we let you go, we do have a final question that we ask all of our guests. Uh, oh, I know Dave. it. I already know it. It's Bob Gibson, third game in the World Series, nineteen sixty-two. <laughs> is it because I'm wearing a Mets hat? Is that where we, we got all? The, I was going to ask if it was Corbin Carroll this year, but <laughs> this past year. Hey, how many days till pitchers and catchers report at this point? No, they're, oh, they're already down they're there. No, it's how many days before they play the first spring training game? That's yeah. Uh, I think the twenty-fourth is the first game. They're already down there. Perfect. We're out out in Arizona. Yeah, yeah that's where I'm so, at. So. So the, the final question that we ask all of our guests, Dave, would you like to fulfill your role as this podcast's James Lipton and ask Todd McFarlane our final question? Well, yes, I would. Um, so the final question that we ask all of our guests, what is your favorite and or strangest piece in your collection? It can be one of each or it can be both. Um, wow. Probably my favorite is um, years ago I inked over Jack Kirby, uh, who was called Jack the King Kirby in the comic book industry. And so yeah. somebody asked me to ink over his artwork, and I, I did it. And then I, um, I erased the page because it's what you do after you ink. You erase the page. And it, and it was and to this day I still, when I think about it, was like horrified that intellectually i was erasing jack kirby's pencils he, uh, like I, I i i kept those shavings in the plastic bag for a while um so then they they said they liked the cover so much they said hey you want to do another one jack wants to know if you want to do another one and i was like yeah on one condition i don't want to i don't want to touch his pencils i just like forget it i just can i do it on what they call a vellum overlay can i just ink on a vellum overlay and I'm like, we don't care just ink it and i'm like cool. Cause I just, I can't go through this again and erase the pencil the second time. Um, so I did it on a vellum overlay and I sent it off and I just could get a good night's sleep that I wasn't touching, you know, his original artwork. And like, cause I was just taught the schmuck. Um, but then, then, you know, like a month goes by and all of a sudden I get a phone call from Jack and he's like, Hey, young whippersnapper, right? We were all kids to him. Uh, just want to say thanks for doing a good job and whatever else. And I've sent you a bit of a gift and, uh, you know, literally three hours later, FedEx comes, um, and I open up the box and, uh, I pull out and there's the vellum overlay and I'm like, Oh, cool. He's going to, I get, I get my inks back. And then I look in the box and there's another page and it's, it's a page from Captain America inked by Barry Windsor Smith, uh, treasury edition. I'm like, what are you just throwing in original artwork? And then there was a third piece, and it was the, the original art that I hadn't inked. And on it, it said, thanks for everything, Todd, your friend Jack Kirby, right? So oh my for God. me, I was like, wow. man, man, I got an original page of Jack Kirby art, and he's, and he's, he's signed it, and he's got my name on Like, man, like, is it from a geek? Like, you're just like, oh, man, best day ever, right? So um, strange I probably do. I probably do have a lot of odd, strange stuff around me. If I was, uh, maybe, maybe it's not odd. I think it's cool. I've got a whole set of the 1971 because I said I collected 3D cards. I got a and, and the 3D cards were these ones that would come in the cereal boxes, so they were in these little wrappers. Mm-hmm. I collected an entire set. 
that's still in the wrappers that people have not opened since 1971. They're still unopened, right? Like, and I go, who takes something like that and then saves it for 50 years and never opens it, right? Like, come on, man. Uh, Because collecting in the 70s isn't nearly as sophisticated as it is now that you know don't open it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the only way you could put your set together, the 71 set, was the other sets you could send away box tops and some money and they'd give you a set. This is the only one that didn't didn't allow that. So you had to literally tear these things open to put your sets together. And, and I still put it together. So people are like, why you got these things that are unopened? I can't, you can't even see them. It's like, yeah, if you hold them up to the light, you can see who it is. Right? <laughs> They're like, I don't, it doesn't nice. make any sense to me. But I'm like, it's, it's a weird thing to be proud of that you've got a whole set of cards that nobody can see but you know in your heart that's super awesome that's like dave you've got a what a box of a, a, a case of 1986 tops upper deck whatever what was the the ken griffey or no, jr I have, yeah the ken griffey jr upper deck yeah but it's it's a whole case it's the, it's, it's a, the, yeah, the case whole of case. sets so it's not a, it's 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 in a package in a package in a package yeah <laughs> but you know it's in there that's it. i know it's in there <laughs> Well, uh, there are many just like it. <laughs> well, Todd, th- thank you again so much for for stopping by and uh, and hanging out with us today. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're super excited to see you know all the reveals for the 30th anniversary. Can't wait to see the you know the the figure form version of you and your your original Spawn sketch. Um, we'll put links in our description where you can follow Todd and McFarland Toys on uh, on social media. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's been an absolute uh, pleasure having you on today. Yeah, this Todd. was awesome. All right, appreciate you guys having me. You as All well. Right, take care, Todd. Thank you. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both on our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.